Hey guys, you're listening to Sorry Not Sorry. We're We're your hosts, Lexi and Jordan. Let's get into this episode. So in today's episode, guys, we're going to reminisce on our lives as competitive dancers. Um, so dance was a big part of our lives, especially when we were in high school, because the older we got, the more we did. And so we're going to highlight on how that shaped who we are now and kind of reminisce on how it was being a competitive dancer, the real truth of competitive dance, because it is nothing like dance moms. Definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely not. So we're just going to highlight our experience and kind of reminisce, go down memory lane a bit and just talk about what we did and how that shaped who we are now. But of course, before yeah. we get started, we got to go through our highs, lows, our gratitude, and our favorite. So my high is that we have uploaded an episode for the entire month of January. Yay! Insert confetti. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> my high is getting a good night's sleep, which I normally sleep really well, but lately I haven't because my schedule has been all over the place. Yeah, I feel like getting a good night's sleep is a rare thing in college, especially with everyone's different schedules and how hard it is to actually go to sleep with all the work we have. So, yeah, I think my low for the week is that I had a lot of assignments due and it was really hard to not really hard, but getting back in the swing of managing all that plus with dance, but it's nothing I'm not used to. So. Yeah, for me, my low is trying to figure out meals to make. Um, I don't really like to cook. Like, I'll cook if I absolutely have to, but I don't really enjoy it. So forcing myself to make meals is kind of hard. I also get tired of eating the same thing over and over. So I need some new recipe ideas. It's okay. You're doing better than most because I don't cook at all. I just put something in the microwave <laughs> and I'm like, that's dinner. <laughs> all day there. <laughs> So my gratitude for today is that I survived the entire first month of the new year. And (laughs) that sounds like it's not a lot, but you know, you have to celebrate all the tiny victories and we made it through January. So only 11 more months (laughs) to go. My gratitude is for social media, specifically TikTok. I've always loved TikTok, but I don't know, something about this new year and like the audios and the dances, they just crack me up. <laughs> so it's I love TikTok. Yeah. And it is the 31st and someone's birthday is next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, yeah. The big 2 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One more year the 21st I know that's crazy (laughs) doesn't even sound right being 20 hey it'll feel different when we turn 30 we'll be like dang we missed the 20 30 (laughs) we make it sound like it's so old it's not but like when you're only like you don't think about it like that until you're getting closer you know that's crazy insane but your big two o's next week so make sure you guys are looking out for February 8th (laughs) (laughs) but I think my favorite for the episode we're gonna do favorite milkshake flavor today for me and that is of course cookies and cream I mean I love me some chocolate chip cookie dough but sometimes those cookie dough pieces are way too big and it's hard to enjoy but cookies and cream just has a special place in my heart my favorite is my um, moleskin periwinkle journal and the pilot g2 pens 
these okay i'd say both of these items are kind of uh it's like a little investment once you like start with them you don't want to go back and i used to journal with pencil and don't get me wrong it's great because like you don't smear anything but something about writing in my journal with pen and a journal that i love it just makes journaling so fun i just love like this is gonna sound weird but like the color codedness of like whenever you have gel pens and it's all just nice and organized especially with mm. those clean lines if they don't smear but I still yeah, have so a mastered in smearing yeah that's not only downside is that I also like drag my hand I don't know it's weird to like prop your hand up and write yeah, yeah. I also grip my pencil slash pen weirder <laughs> than most because every time like <laughs> I don't do like, you know, the finger thing where people have like their two fingers on it. I don't. Oh, do yeah. That. Like, no, I feel I do like know. grip my pencil. I don't grip it, but I don't hold it super tight because then it hurts my fingers and my hands already cramp up. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys. So, we're about to get into this episode. So, Okay, so the first topic we're going to be addressing when it comes to competitive dance are the misconceptions. Yes, <laughs> competitive dance is nothing like dance moms. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it's true that you do compete, but no. It, and that there's drama, but that's about it. Yeah, it is nothing how they exaggerated it or how, yeah, no, yeah. it's not like that. I remember when I was little and I would watch Dance Moms, I used to think it was, I mean, it's still cool. Like what they did is cool, but learning a dance in a week and then performing one dance or competing one dance at a competition, that's not how it works yeah. at all. I mean, maybe at nationals you perform one dance, but that dance is normally in the pre-qualifiers and then you perform everything else like in the yeah. actual competition. But there's like, you don't learn a dance in one week and then go perform it the next week and like get first place. Not, and, not saying that they like didn't practice. That's not well, what also saying, but. something I, I was like probably in seventh grade before I realized like how fake dance moms is. Like, I don't want to say like everything was fake, but like for the most part, it's a reality TV show. You know, they got to amp it up a bit, but I don't think people realize at least the competitive dance that we did, you will be competing up to like what? 15 dances yeah all different genres like you're not just gonna do one dance at a competition because in my opinion if you're just gonna do one group dance why are you going (laughs) honestly if you're not like going for a convention there's really no need to go yeah in my opinion (laughs) yeah so there are two sides to dance there is like the athletic slash training side of dance and then the art form because like Mm-hmm. unlike other sports and dance you actually have to tell a story or like show emotions and you have to make it look easy while you're doing it because you can't be on stage grunting and groaning and looking like you're in pain <laughs> you have to yeah. like actually show the emotion that the dance asks for and not only that but you have to do it to the style that like it pertains to mm-hmm. you know um I was trying okay I always try to explain to my little brother about like how hard dance is because dancers make it look easy so that's why a lot of people think it's not that hard um but something that makes dance really really hard is having to change from one genre to the next and you don't really do that in other sports and stuff like you're gonna be sticking to that one sport and maybe doing different positions and stuff but you're not gonna go from jazz to ballet to tap 
to musical theater to hip hop within what five six hours that day so yeah and also going along with that people don't like act like it but those costume changes are a sport in itself like having yes. to run all the way to the dressing room change possibly change your makeup and fix your hair and then running back down to be back behind stage after a certain amount of numbers especially if you can't keep track of those numbers it's a mm-hmm. whole just like running around making sure you look good making sure like you know the choreography and that you know what you're about to do you know yeah it was definitely something obviously the more you do it the better you get at it and I remember at one point you don't even think of it as a quick change because you're just so used to having to move quickly um but yeah I think that's something that's really interesting always having to change like your appearance too because you're matching you have to match the story you're trying to tell essentially yeah and also it's like way more about training and not all about competition sometimes because Mm -hmm. with dancers people just think that we're flexible that is not the case you have to actually be strong know how to use those muscles and you can't just have one area being stronger than the rest especially like some people overlook this but like your feet have to be like surprisingly strong especially like with your ankles and that's why some athletes like take ballet to strengthen their feet because not only will it like move quicker but it also like feel like reduced pain and like you need your feet for almost every single style not for almost every single style of dance so yeah that's something that's really important like being able to use the muscles that you're training because it doesn't matter if you can get your leg past your head you know if you can't engage your center like it's kind of pointless because now you just look like a noodle you know and that's good for like contortion work I guess (laughs) but it doesn't look good when you're like flopping around on stage so you have to learn how to use your muscles to make everything look nice. Yeah. And another <laughs> misconception that like is seen a lot is you, how you cannot win an entire competition, but categories oh. in the competition. <laughs> I mean, at nationals, like you could possibly win like best studio or something, but mm-hmm. with like normal competitions or conventions, you cannot win the entire thing. You just win categories or like get a certain amount of first places. You don't win the whole thing. Yeah, I remember in high school, you know, you tell your teachers like have a dance competition, you know, so you can get your work to do it ahead of time. Um, you'd come back <laughs> next Monday and they'd be like, so did you win your dance competition? And I'm just like, I just say yes. <laughs> I used to just say yes, because it's like, it's not a lot to explain, but you just don't win a competition, you know, like that's not how it works at regionals. Yeah, I feel like also with like the categories within a competition, sometimes there's like, not just one winner oh yeah you know what I'm saying so they'll like, have like six ties because <laughs> so many yeah. people go to them and everyone's yeah. so talented <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and with dance another misconception is that moms are not as involved with other sports as they are with dance mm-hmm. and so it's not like dance moms where like they argue and they fight and like they make the children cry and stuff it's not like that it's like basically mm-hmm. your mom is kind of like always back there to help with quick changes they normally are watching the competition and the older you get the more that kind of fades but they're always still there for you because like the older we got the more our moms were just like actually watching the competition they're like oh yeah the girls got it like they don't need us they actually don't want us up there and I'm like (laughs) yeah yeah." my mom she realized once I started to do solos she was like I don't need to talk to her before she goes on because that would just annoy me a little bit I don't know I don't like when people would do that like just be all up in your space when you're trying to get ready because you have to get like a clear mind before you go on stage and like set the vibes but something that I do want to know about moms and dance parents I know especially at our studio 
um, we went to a smaller studio. And so things would not happen if it weren't for the support of our parents. Yes. Um, we wouldn't have been there if it weren't for our parents. Um, you know, having people make props, transport the props, help with costumes, give us lunch, you know, during intensives and like at competition. And so, yeah, the parents yeah. did so much for us. <laughs> Insert applause for parents because yes, we, 100%, <laughs> we 100% would not have been able to do it without you guys, especially mm -hmm. when sometimes there are situations where like if we were getting yelled at and we were like too stressed to answer, y'all took over for us. Those are situations mm -hmm. I was really grateful for you guys to be there, but just parents as a whole, you guys are great. So yeah, especially <laughs> um, during shows and competitions, I feel like that's another thing. Like it's engraved in us to be supportive, like when we watch our friends dance, but I feel like at other places, the vibe is just not it. Like our parents would go above and beyond to cheer for us. That way we feel loved while we're on stage. And that's something that's so important because I feel like I don't know. It's so awkward to be dancing and like it's a hype moment in the dance and no one's cheering. Yeah. Um, so having like the support of the parents was always really nice. Yeah. Okay. So our background as competitive dancers, we had class or rehearsal from, well, technically five to nine, but we were there from four to nine because we normally went there right after school almost every single day at one mm -hmm. point. And so, at one point, yes. Yeah. Especially if it was like during show week or they were guest choreographers, we were there sometimes almost every single day. And yeah. <laughs> yes, even weekends, guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> and normally on weekends, the most like we spent there was like having 12 hour Saturdays because sometimes we started off with like an 8 a.m. ballet class and then mm -hmm. we had technique class, jazz, and then rehearsal. Of course, we had breaks in between, but like we had 12 hour days sometimes, especially mm -hmm. if you were in a lot of dances or like you helped with cleaning dances. You were just there the whole time. I know we were there during the 12 hour days on the weekends. That was specifically during our freshman year of high school, I think. So I just remember that time so specifically because uh, it was the first year of high school and dance was also a lot too. But yeah. Um, something that we also did with competitive dance was actually going to competitions and conventions. We went to three regional ones. That just means like they'd be in different states um, and they're not, they're obviously big deals, but like it's not nationals, you know, <laughs> and they're um, just to explain a little bit to people that have never heard of competitive dance maybe, or like you're not a competitive dancer or anything like that. Um, at these like competitions slash conventions, a convention is basically where you learn from choreographers and teachers from around the country slash world. And they teach you a class, whatever genre it might be. And then normally at these conventions, they would have an audition that we can get a scholarship to um, go to the nationals um, with a little bit like lesser uh, balance, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like you would win um, money off of like your entry fee or something like that. Yeah, and going off of that with the three regional competitions, it's normally from like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But if you had a solo, some people normally like went on Thursdays to get that good night's sleep because they started as early as 7, 8 a.m. And mm -hmm. one thing that like I feel kind of not reduced the pressure of like having 
to go to class rehearsal every single day was like when I got my license because then I didn't have to worry about my parents taking me to the studio or like me worried about ha- them having to sit outside the studio to wait for us. And mm-hmm. also my senior year, I finished school early because I only had four classes. So Same. I was able to just leave right after school and like avoid the five o'clock traffic and be there and just like take my time or like if I wanted to go run around a bit, you know, since I just got the license, you know, a little <laughs> independence card, like I can do whatever I want. Yeah, <laughs> I know my senior year I would leave. Well, I got to leave during lunch and I know sometimes I would go straight to the studio or just that side of town. Oh, I feel like we should also note um, our studio was not anywhere close to where we live. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a hike. I also never realized how far away it was until I actually had to start driving there. Which yeah. It was a hike, let me tell you. Um, but my senior year, being able to get myself to the studio early, anywhere from like like two to like four, I'd be there doing homework and stuff. And that's something that um, we can talk about later, like managing schoolwork and dance. Yeah, um, I also feel like going off of that, didn't realize how big the, not the drive, but yeah, the drive was until I started going myself. And also mm. how much gas that is <laughs> and like how much you have to spend on food because I will never forget the first time I paid for gas and I was like, people pay like almost $30 for a whole tank of gas. And that's was, not even bad because we it's have not like bad. sedans. Like I can't even, if you pay more than like $35 to fill up your tank, you are better than me because I don't think I could ever do that. I would have just ran on E. At that point, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, Gas ain't that how? important. <laughs> Like, like after that first one, I like waited until it got to the very lowest. And I was like, I guess I have to go get some now. But, <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> yeah. But it was always nice being able to get there as early as I wanted. Because then I could like do homework. And since no one was really there, since like not everyone had a license or like not everyone's out of school, it was quiet. So like I got yeah. to do work in there. That but, was one know. thing I really liked about getting there early is because I don't know about y'all, but I don't really do my work well around my friends. And especially there at dance, you're not there just with people your age. You're going to be there with like five-year-olds too. And so it was just a lot to handle. Like if you get there right on time, you're not going to have any time to like do any work. So getting there early really helped me stay on top of my work. Yeah. Um. So our studio was different compared to some other studios because we mm-hmm. had the opportunity for guest choreographers. We trained a lot. We were pre-professional and like also had a diverse environment. And so going off of the first point with the guest choreographers, we had multiple opportunities to work with them who were not from our home studio. And so basically, Mm. like Jordan said earlier, those guest choreographers come from the competitions that we were at or like choreographers who are not, I don't want to say like hard to get to, but are like high in the dance world. And they were brought to our studio sometimes to mm-hmm. choreograph or sometimes to teach a master class, which is really nice because other studios don't provide those opportunities. And the fact yeah. that we got that opportunity was really nice. I'd never realized how unique that was for our studio until I went to um, my previous university because I was a dance major. And I, I vividly remember this conversation where this one girl, we were like getting inspiration for pieces or whatever. And this one girl was talking about a choreographer who we had been in probably four or five of their pieces. And she was just so, watching her be so happy, like watching her stuff and like being so interested with how that choreographer works. I was like, wait a minute, 
what? Like I told her then that like I'd been in her pieces and she was like, wait, you've been, she's been to your studio. What in the world? And I was like, is that not normal? But it's really not normal at all. Like, yeah, I don't know how <laughs> talk about that, but it's not normal. Yeah. And going off of that, kind of like blending into the pre-professional, I know like with some dance studios, since they don't have guest choreographers and you bring it up to other people, they're like, who is that? Or like, I can't believe like you had someone come from your studio from the outside, like even that surprised them. And mm-hmm. I was always had the reaction of like, you guys don't get guest choreographers or like, you don't Especially have like- in South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the training at our studio, we did not do just the flexibility part. We trained our mm. entire body. And there are some days where I came home so sore and <laughs> I didn't know how like bad that was until I had to start driving and I was just driving like, ow, like, don't, I was like, don't move. Like we just yeah. got to get home, but you've had to have a lot of strength, just everything in order to dance. And one part that a lot of people don't think that dance does is lifting people. And with me being small, because some people <laughs> tell me I'm small, I was normally the lifter because I yeah. have a lot of strength. And so that's one thing that some people don't think you need in dance is that arm strength or like the ability to p- pick people up because especially with how, not how dangerous, but how risky some of the lifts are. If you drop <laughs> somebody, you don't know how that can, not how that can injure them, but how that could affect that person. Like, cause then they may not trust you to pick them up again, or they may be like, okay, like I need a minute before we try this again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, going off the training, something that I think was um, unique again about our studio is that we wouldn't just learn, like, you need to turn out your feet. We would go into sometimes, we wouldn't do this every single class, of course, but we would go into like, this is why you need to use this muscle and you don't need to turn in or turn out from this muscle because then your knees are going to hurt and stuff like that. I feel like breaking it down to the actual like science behind dance, because essentially it is science. Like your body can only really move some sort of way. And so, especially in ballet, I know that we would always talk about like, you have to do it from this way, or we would also have stretch classes. This was like a really long time ago, but this was always great to just like get you ready for the day because it would normally be in the morning or at the end of the day that'd be great but you would really just like hone in on each muscle you would learn how to isolate your toes individually like that's something like I feel like I would have never ever needed to do that if it weren't for dance and it's so cool once you start doing it yeah I'm going off of that with the individual muscle training I really felt like I learned that in ballet especially Mm -hmm. um especially when we did I know you dances out there, understand the pain of adagio, but just imagine <laughs> doing it like really, really slow and then actually learning how each muscle works. And that's why I kind of mm-hmm. loved how intense our ballet was because I felt like it actually allowed me to learn how to use each muscle group and how not only will that benefit me as a dancer, but will prevent me from injuring myself. Because yes, that's very learning, important. Yeah, because basically learning how each muscle works and like why you use each muscle was really important. And I'm glad we got that opportunity because I was able to carry that information with me to now, which I use on how to stretch or like what I know my body needs to stretch. Because when I first started to now, I did not know there were as many muscle groups, of course, that young until now. (laughs) And like with me being a health science major, I actually like know the specifics, but like with dance with that, I understand how I can work at the specific muscles, which was really good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but like the pre-professional, I think something um, that was really kind of emphasized at our studio was how the training that we do is essentially setting you up to dance professionally. And it was great. Um, but there are some like negatives to that. Of course, the great is that number one, you have so many people that went to our studio and are dancing professionally now. So you have people to look up to if you do decide to go to that, like go through that route. Um, and it's also great because if you're like me and you were kind of like iffy on what you want to do, you know, you kind of have a solid, like, I don't want to say backup plan, but you've been doing it for so long and you've been set up so well that if you do decide to go with that, it's a great option. Yeah. I feel like that's a really, I don't that's like <laughs> <laughs> having trouble articulating guys, but with going off of that, I feel like it really did lay a good foundation for the professional world or like how you can put yourself out there for the professional world. But sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want to like have a negative connotation with this, but it was seen as like, if you aren't going into the professional dance world, like, what are you going to do kind of thing? And I feel like that was kind of shaped for me when I was younger is like, a, not saying like doing anything else was bad, but how like just being a professional dancer was the only thing being heavily laid on me mm-hmm. instead of being like, there's other avenues that you can take, you know? Also, we probably should have said this when we started. We don't mean any of this uh, out of like negativity. Yeah, no, this is definitely not negative. We are very appreciative of where we came from. Yeah, we would not be the people that we are today if it weren't for our dance and our studio. And I also want to make that really clear because we are talking about the reality of it. And so we're just giving you how we experienced it. And that's that. Like, we're not saying because we were taught this, this place is awful. No, we're just saying that this is what we learned and this is how it shaped us. And you learn things that are not always good sometimes. And it's okay to reflect on that. I think that's another thing because we were just talking about how um, if you haven't listened to our (laughs) New Year's episode, we were just talking about how one of the goals for this podcast is to share like our genuine selves. And I feel like always feeling like we have to filter ourselves isn't the best because I feel like I've only, oh my gosh, we... (laughs) I should have said this before we started recording, but I feel like these are things that like, I feel like I've never really delved into with anyone else other than Lexi and maybe my mom. So us like coming on here to do this, number one is scary. Let me put that out there. (laughs) But number two, it's like, I, I think it would help to hear from other people. Like, I feel like if I heard a podcast or just a YouTube video, um of someone that went through the same situation I wouldn't feel so crazy thinking the things that I did at the time so yeah I'm gonna put that out there we are not we are not placing any negative connotation yeah we're not bashing we're just expressing how we felt and like Jordan said doing a period of reflection because you Mm -hmm. do have to go back and reflect on periods of your life and how it kind of shaped who you are today and like we said, we are very grateful because we would not be who we are today if we did not go to the studio and have the bonds and the connections we have. So mm-hmm. just to put that out there, we are very thankful yes, for because- our studio, but we are not bashing or having negative connotations. We are just reflecting on our time there and like mm-hmm. how it shaped who we are today. We're not, yeah, no negative. There's a positive and I don't want to say negative, but there's a high and low with everything in life so just because we mentioned the low does not mean that we are 
being negative the whole time. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> Before <laughs> because, we continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> to get back. <laughs> to get back to where we were. I honestly don't know where we were. <laughs> um, but we can oh, okay. on. Yeah, we're talking about now how our studio was really diverse. Um, I know for me, I lived somewhere else in South Carolina for two years. And that's when I first, well, not when I first started dance, but that was when I first considered competitive dance. And at that studio, there were no other um, people of color. So that was like, at the time I was like in third and fourth grade. So it wasn't like a huge deal to me because I just wanted to dance. But I definitely feel like the diversity of our studio caused, like it just made me feel so welcomed. I don't, I don't know how to explain that, but yeah, I, I don't know, that. being able to dance with people that look like you. And even I know one piece um, that we did, I think it was freshman year. It was basically kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It was basically kind of just going on both sides of um, issues and coming together. And that wouldn't be able to happen if, you know, everyone looked the same, you know? Yeah. Um, going off of that, I feel like being at this studio really allowed me to be with people who are like me, not just like with the love of dance, but also like what Jordan said, culturally, because mm-hmm. where we went to high school, it was I predominantly. Would say, I would say it was, I want to say it was like diverse, but yeah, I want to say it's diverse, really. but not really like the yeah. diversity was just, I feel like an advertisement factor, but like it was kind of the diversity was not shown. Whereas mm-hmm. at our studio, everyone was appreciated or like the diversity was, especially when on the stage, when you saw all of us together, yes. you could really yes. see how it was truly us rather than like just another, just another studio. Cause if yeah. you, I'm going to be honest, you'll be looking at a studio and you're like, okay, I don't know who that is because all four of them look the exact same. It's like, you cannot, there's no way you could even say that about us when we were on stage. And that's something that makes our experience so special. Yeah. <laughs> is that we all had our own individual, our individual stage presence. Cause of course everyone has that, but when we were on the stage, you could actually see it and everyone was appreciated rather than people being I don't want to say like covered up, but like overshadowed or just blending in with the mass, you know? Yeah, I know something that's kind of preached when you start to look into um, dancing after high school. So like in college, a lot of universities will say that we're not looking for a cookie cutter dancer. And if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like your stereotypical, quote unquote, stereotypical dancer. Um, Someone that's tall, someone that's lean, someone that's super duper flexible. And obviously- no one's going to be like, not every dancer is going to be like that. You can dance and look however you want. And so I think that was something that's really special. Also just like being your true self, because we're all people like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That's also what I like is that. So this was during my senior year during my, um, it was my solo in our Christmas show. I was able to perform it to fit me rather than having to fit the legs and jumps and all the tricks and stuff. And that's one thing I really loved about our studio is how we were able to showcase our skill to the best of our ability rather than having to just all look the exact same. Like not everyone was super bendy flexible. Not everyone was a good turner. Not everyone was like super strong to lift people. But, you know, since we all had our different abilities, when we came together, it was something really beautiful and something I've grown to appreciate. 
Mm-hmm. Something I don't know if we want to talk about this now, but I just want to throw it out there. Um, we had a Christmas show, and I know for me, I never realized how important it was for dancers of color to not be at the forefront and be above other people, but like to be represented. And it was just, I don't know, having little kids that look like you come up to you and like maybe give them that little bit of hope that like, oh, maybe I can be a dancer. Or I saw, you know, those two girls on stage and they look like me and I want to do that one day. And that's something that is so special and you don't realize it until you're kind of like not outcasted, but like when you're on the other side of dance, you know, when you're watching other people do what you once did, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so kind of the next thing we're going to talk about is the toxicity, blah, blah, blah. That's not the word, y'all. <laughs> um, the, toxic traits, uh, <laughs> the toxic traits of dance or slash. The reality. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this unless you're in dance. You know, it's kind of like hush, hush. Yeah. You can okay. go ahead. Okay. Um, the first one. This kind of is, I don't want to get sad, but like the first one is about body image, weight, and I'm going to say a trigger warning for eating disorders. Um, I'm only going to talk about the first two, but body image, like I said earlier, having that cookie cutter dancer, unfortunately, um, not every body thinks like that, like thinks dance is super diverse now and that you can be whatever size and still dance and still like look amazing. Um, but yeah, but with weight, this is something I have always been underweight and I will never forget at dance when I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade and we were on a break and this one mom, okay. I've also just to note at this time we were walking around in booty shorts and bra tops. We weren't really in sweats or leggings or anything. So your body is shown and we were all comfortable. Like we're at the studio, but this one mom, she, um, I wasn't eating during this break cause I wasn't hungry. And this one mom was like, Jordan, you need to eat a burger. You need to get some meat on your bones. And I was like, I just laughed it off. But afterwards I was like, why would you say that to me? Number one, I don't even know your name. Number two, like that was so rude to say to a sixth grader. Now, obviously it does, um, kind of get not for everyone but it does get worse as you get older and you actually go through puberty but that was something that I feel like I don't know I feel like stuff like that is swept under the rug and it shouldn't be yeah also going off of the body image I feel like in some aspects of the dance world there are places that like persist that you have that cookie cutter body which can not only be damaging for you like physically but mentally and so I know for me I've like I don't want to say I've been average because I was like, I'm small for my size. I'll say that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't like the, oh, like, yeah, she is like a dancer's body. Like, of course, like she's supposed to be tiny or like making it seem like you have to be small to be a dancer. And that's not Mm -hmm. the case because all bodies are beautiful and anyone can dance. So that's just one thing that. I know for me, it would really annoy me when I like am introducing myself to someone and I say I'm a dancer and they're like, oh, duh, you look like a dancer. And I'm like, yes. Would you have said that if I didn't say I'm a dancer? Like, what if I told you I play basketball? What would you have said? Like, honestly, I don't, I really hate that whole like stereotyping thing. It's so annoying. Yeah. Like not saying, of course, like we don't like our bodies, 
But like whenever someone like I feel like stereotypes or puts you in that category of like, oh, yeah, like you have a dancer's body or like, oh, like you should have a dancer's body. It's kind of like, oh, what do you mean a dancer's body? Like, please explain what you mean. You know, especially I feel like people that say that don't even dance, have zero dance experience. So it's like, why are you talking right now? Like you have nothing to say. Number one, you don't have anything to say about anyone's weight. Um, And number two, it's just weird to even comment on weight. Like, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like as a society, we get so comfortable just like talking about people. And it's like, you'll say that, but you won't say that to their face. Or in my case, like I said earlier about the burger, you would not say that to someone that didn't need to be eating. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't do that. That's very weird. Yeah. Like, I feel like with this issue, society has shaped it to where for certain sports, you have to have a certain look or a certain body. And we just need to destroy those perceptions because not only is that one really wrong, it's mm-hmm. too damaging for those who feel like they don't have that body image. And you don't know what some people go through to try to get the body image they believe society wants them to have when they mm-hmm. really need to appreciate who they are and know that they're beautiful and that they probably are doing better than some. So yeah, that's another thing. You don't know what people are going through. Um, and I feel like no one should have to tell you that they're going through something for you to just and think before you speak and there's nothing wrong like if you are close to that person there's nothing wrong with saying I mean there's nothing really you should say in that position honestly but still I'm just going back to the burger because that now that I'm talking about it I'm getting mad <laughs> <laughs> um so the second thing that was kind of a little toxic was the burnout with balancing school and dance and mm. so I connect to this one a lot because with me being if you guys know me, I'm a very hard worker perfectionist. High school, I took my senior year, I took only AP classes. So I had normally a lot of work. And it was kind of hard to balance out completing schoolwork, going to dance, making sure I actually complete that schoolwork and getting a good night's sleep and also taking care of my body at the same time. And Mm -hmm. that's just one thing that people don't know that dancers struggle through is dealing with the burnout that comes with that because I feel like I burnt out quicker sometimes than others because of how much work I had to do and how I tried to keep not only like me doing really well in school but to keep me doing well in dance just that Mm -hmm. balance was like really hard to find and to make sure I didn't drown within both of those possibilities you know um I personally remember junior year probably being the most stressful year ever because obviously you're doing a lot of work for college, like applications and stuff. And then I'm not exactly, I don't really remember like dance stuff. I just know academic wise, um, that was a lot of work. And then also health wise, um, I don't know, going to dance and then having to, I did not, not have to stay up this late, but I really would try to get all my work done that same day. So I remember I would stay up till like three or four and then I would sleep for a couple hours and then get up for school and that's not healthy um but some like I at the time I was like this is what I have to do because I don't want to quit dance like I don't know another thing though that was kind of harped on is that well for our parents is that school comes first um dance is extracurricular and sometimes it was hard when you genuinely think that and like that's how you want to go about your business but other people don't agree with it and it's like 
how am I supposed to do what my parents are telling me to do? But I also love dance and I'm told, you know, school's okay. You know, you don't have to stress about school. It's like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Um, going off of that with, I, the older I got, the more I understood, but I had to realize that it was okay for me to take days off of dance to focus on school because mm-hmm. of me being who I am, I would not have been able to do as well as I did in high school if I did not learn that I had to take off days for myself from kind of just dance or just from both where there were days where I had to just back up from everything because both my sophomore and junior year I went through a very stressful time um, of me missing both school and dance due to I how much I let my stress build and how my health was just declining and Mm -hmm. I feel like the older I got the more I realized I need to take care of myself and I need to do whatever I can in order to make sure that happens. So I needed to understand the balance of school and dance and realize that it's okay to take days off and it's okay to focus on one more than the other, especially if I want to do one more than the other. Yeah, for me going off of like having to choose, like not having to choose, but like having to like kind of choose which one comes first in life. um, It was just kind of learning like it's okay to not agree with people when it comes to stuff like that because it's fine to disagree but number two um for me it was even more difficult because I wanted to be a dance major so I was like obviously dance is super important if I want to get a degree in dance but you still need good grades like I want to get good grades regardless you know so that was always hard for me yeah I feel like for me I knew I knew in high school I didn't want to become a professional dancer but I still wanted to love dance and enjoy dance like not get rid of it completely after I graduated of course and so Mm -hmm. I had to realize that not school overpowered dance for me because I loved them both equally that sounds so dorky but (laughs) (laughs) I had to realize that in order for me to succeed in my future life I needed to do really well in school to get that GPA I wanted which I did I did really well (laughs) had to put that out there and to understand that I can dance and I can have I want, I want to say dedication. That's what we're going to go with, dedication. And to have that strong dedication to it without missing out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the last thing we're going to talk about with this topic is idolization. And um, <laughs> I'll explain going, it. Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned with the pre-professional um, aspect of our studio, we have a bunch of people go through that track. And so I remember when we were younger, people that were older than us would basically be like, well, yeah, I want to be a professional dancer. So they'd really be um, used at the time. They'd be used to kind of act like a assistant kind of like, you know, when you're in sixth grade and you're learning a dance, it might help to have someone in front of you, you know, show you how you need to be doing stuff. And like, if you're learning a combo, you know, have someone help the teacher teach the combo, you know? But as time went on, I feel like I'm going to speak for myself. I feel like I was kind of taught that I have to dance the way that certain people dance. And that was really harmful, not only like physically, but mentally, because I'm my own person. That's something I had to like always remind myself whenever I'd be told that is that I'm my own person. Um, But number two, it's just like, this person, these people, they're dancers as well. They are literally children. Like 
yeah. they're learning the same time I'm learning. So putting them on such a high pedestal and then telling me to match it when I'm in sixth grade um, was always just hard to kind of come to terms with. And I never realized how harmful it was until honestly, like the last few years of high school, I feel like, because I don't know, I feel like once you're at that age, you kind of are starting to realize what you like and what you don't like. And you can take bits and pieces here or there, but you can still add your own flair. So I think that's something that was hard for me to come to terms with. It's just like this whole idolizing people thing is really toxic, not only for the younger dancers, but the older dancers. Going off of this, because I, mm, (laughs) yeah, just going off of this, I also, because I am not the most flexible. And so having to, not being compared to, but yes, being compared to, or trying to say like, you need to dance like this person who has the complete opposite body, like movements as me or is more capable of doing stuff than I am. Not saying I can't do anything now, but just like, yeah, you have to match this person was kind of not just stressful, but kind of, I don't want to say it was upsetting, but yes, upsetting, because especially if you couldn't match that person, then when you're younger, the mindset was like, oh, so like, I'm not good enough or like, oh, so I can't Mm -hmm. do it basically is what this is showing. And the older I got, the more I realized it's not true because there were some teachers who I have a strong connection to who were like, yes, like you were doing it right. Like you have, you're doing it your way, like not your way, but you're doing it right in your style, like the way to Mm -hmm. execute it perfectly. Because sometimes it's about, it's more about the quality of the movement than like the oh yes, I have my leg all the way up at 180 degrees. We're tilting all the way over. And sometimes that's not the best look. So I had to learn (laughs) the older I got, the more it was about quality and like making it match my quality rather than it being, let me match this person and dance exactly like them, you know? Yeah, I really wish that, I don't know. I feel like this whole topic of like, idolization is kind of it's obviously difficult to talk about like all this is difficult to talk about but it's also hard whenever at one point you really did look up to these people and you were inspired by them because it's like man like I used to think you you guys were so cool and now I'm just like it's not even y'all's fault essentially you know that's what makes it really hard yeah I get that (laughs) um So the next topic we have is the phase of life we're in right now. And so basically what we're going to talk about is like transitioning from something we did every day to now, how we are in our present Mm -hmm. lives. And so with me, I'm still dancing. I'm on the dance team at Furman. And so it is a completely different experience and environment for me because I went from the competition world to like having the three regional competitions we talked about having rehearsal every single week in class every single week to performing at games and other activities and like being able to balance that with my schoolwork and not having practice every single day, having it just two days a week. And I realized with my dance now, I feel like I can not enjoy it more because I loved it when I was at my studio, but I feel like I've gotten into a better swing of things, being able to balance my academics and with dance because I feel like it's more pressed on in college the importance of academics which Mm -hmm. I really enjoy and also what I realized is that even though yes I still receive blah blah blah, I still receive support I realized that I can love dance without wanting to become a professional dancer and that's really not what's grown on me 
But what's made me love to dance still is because I realized that I don't have to be a professional dancer to continue this passion of dance or like I don't have to focus in dance to continue to do it. And that's one thing that I really love about it because the times when I'm not dancing, I'm just like, well, what are you doing, Lexi? You're like, I need to do a little something. Like I sometimes dance around the house. Like I found my point shoes just lying around in my house and I put them on. And even though I haven't <laughs> taken point, I don't know how many years I just started doing stuff. And I was like, you know, this feels right. Like, you know, just getting, getting back into it, you know? <laughs> um, okay. So I feel like where I'm at right now in life with dance is a little bit more somber. Um, <laughs> I'm not dancing right now. Um, and so I feel like all the stuff I'm going to say, it's just a little bit more sad, honestly. So for me, like I said, I'm not dancing. Um, I guess I can say like last year I was on the dance team for a little bit, but then I quit. Um, and then now I like to change my major and everything. So I'm not dancing, but something I do want to talk about, um, as far as like growing up and things I've kind of had to, things I'm experiencing number one and things I've had to learn. So the first one, um, let me also reiterate what we said earlier. We are not bashing our studio. We're not bashing the people there. This is just strictly how I feel. And just because I feel this way does not mean it is concrete or anything. So um, for me, like I said, since I'm not dancing, sometimes it's really uh, isolating to always support your studio because it's like I'm supporting so much and I'm not really like given anything back not saying I'm entitled to getting something in return but it does kind of hurt when you were there from fifth grade to your senior year and you don't hear anything um and for me this was kind of like it's like my heart saying yes like you got to support them they're great they're your dance family but then my head is like are they really because I don't feel that obviously there I don't see them every day but I don't feel that love that I feel like other alum are shown so publicly I think that's why I feel the way I feel now this kind of ties into I've had to learn that comparison kills joy slash happiness because if I compare what I see other alumni getting to what I have I'm just going to be like oh well, that is so awful. And that's not a place to like go from, you know, you got to focus on the positives. Obviously, it's good to reflect and like reevaluate like how you're feeling because me not even addressing that I feel this way would be even more harmful in the long run. But for me, just realizing like it's okay that I don't get to do things that I see other alumni doing. And I'm not saying that I, again, am entitled to be doing that because. I'm just not, but I know it hurts sometimes when you see other alums from different studios across the state um, being able to help out at their, you know, at their schools or at their studios shows and stuff and be able to like teach a class here or there. And then I'm just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I'll clap and watch y'all with all the love and support in the world, but it's still sad. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't feel like your feelings should be invalidated because sometimes I do feel like that sometimes um, with mm -hmm. like how I show more support than given sometimes. And yeah. it's not even, like I said, nothing negative, but 
it's just sometimes hurts a bit when like like you said you did get so much and I don't want to say yeah like you said not that they need to give us anything back but just like I don't want to say simple acknowledgement but just I don't know just I think like if they if it was cared for a bit more or if mm -hmm. it was like it highlights that we have a current relationship or like build a current relationship because I feel yeah that's just how I feel about it I feel like for me it also um it really hurt when I first realized like the stuff was happening to us um was when you know when you're little and you see you know you're at the studio and you see all these people that graduated come back and help out and you're like oh my gosh I can't wait to do that once I you know have graduated and stuff and then you're actually graduated and you're like okay um I still exist you know just because things might have happened that doesn't really justify cutting us off the way we have been yeah yeah <laughs> But dance is still very important to us and we do yeah. still have a positive connotation with it. Like we said, like in the middle slash just now, there's, <laughs> we're not bashing and there's no negative connotation, but we're just reflecting on how we feel. And we both do have different, different phases we're in now because like yeah. she said, she's not dancing and I am. So there's still that difference, but we do share some of the same feelings, but to continue um dance wait, wait, can is I go back real quick yeah I feel like this is also like you know when you journal and you like rant about your feelings I feel like if we were to act like everything is perfectly fine that'd be even worse because I feel like for yeah. a while not saying anything and I'm not saying like us doing this we're expecting to hear back or anything but I feel like us <laughs> not saying this and acting like things are perfectly fine and we love where we're standing kind of is it's worse. just fake that doesn't that we're gonna be in the same spot five months from now you know so I yeah. feel like us doing this and maybe just hopefully helping someone who might be in the same shoes because I don't know I feel like everyone talks about like graduating and like being in college and everything being so perfect and that's really annoying when things are not perfect and you only see perfect things on social media and stuff so yeah, yeah just want to throw that out there yeah I feel like that was needed to go out there. <laughs> you know, that needed to be shared. <laughs> but like we did say, dance is still important to us because mm -hmm. I know for us, it was an outlet or like a way for us to express ourselves. And mm -hmm. it allowed me to meet some of my closest friends because like I said, no, I don't know if I said this actually, but if it wasn't for <laughs> the studio, Jordan and I would not have reconnected and we would not have been best friends for the past 10 years. So yeah. there are many positive relationships that came out of this. Mm -hmm. And also dance forced me to get out of my comfort zone. And I will never forget. It was my, I was perfectly fine with group dances, but it was my first <laughs> solo. And I didn't even do it at a regional. It was at nationals. And I almost <laughs> had a heart attack. <laughs> That's a bit of an exaggeration. But I almost <laughs> like had a full on panic attack. And if it wasn't for my teacher, he knows who he is hopefully listening <laughs> um I definitely would not have been able to go on that stage and do it and it forced me to not only just break out of that comfort zone but it allowed me to kind of become who I am today because like mm -hmm. now in college I've done multiple solos and I've had no problem doing them I'm just like yeah piece of cake like sure let's let's go and I don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for him and that experience so I am very thankful that I was allowed to go through that and also with me, I do have anxiety. And so dance was one way that I was allowed to express a story or to show 
my talent and skill with feeling the love from the audience and being on that stage and just all of my worries and stresses just removed and I was just able to dance you know Mm -hmm. for me um I feel like I'm pretty like shy I feel like but something that I like going off going along with the comfort zone um being able to perform and kind of like act like someone you aren't like I don't know something about that like just being on stage and being so committed to the character you have to play for those like three to five minutes was always so fun for me um and then going off of what you said with solos um I genuinely don't remember how many I did but I am thinking about my most recent one or the one I did I want to say my junior year um it was definitely my favorite but if it weren't for me doing solos and doing like leading up to that one specifically I don't think I'd be the person I am today, especially with my love for music and the way that I'm able to now like kind of address emotions and not think of emotions as such a negative thing because I will never forget. I'm talking about the same teacher Lexi's talking about. I was in a private (laughs) and this was like, this was so rare. I would get privates with a different teacher, but I don't know, for some reason I needed to get a private with this person because, um, we had to like audition before taking solos to competitions and I had just got this solo and I was with dance you're telling a story of course and I was just kind of going through the motions because I didn't remember the dance and I don't know just having to sit down I was told to sit down and think about the lyrics and what I'm actually trying to portray and I feel like if I never did that like had that solo and then had that private I would have never thought of number one music the same but also connecting my emotions to dance because I feel like it's easier when you're with a group, especially with like tougher pieces, but when you're doing it by yourself and it's like, you can tell whatever story you want, essentially, like it's all what you're feeling in that moment and just learning, like it is okay for me to come up with an idea and stick with it or change it. It is okay for me to come up with an idea and then start crying in the middle of a private because you know it hits so well or something you know stuff like that I feel like if it weren't for that private I just wouldn't be the person I am today and I we love that teacher if you're listening to this yes shout out to you you. you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) and so basically the last thing we're going to touch on is what we learned about ourselves and Mm -hmm. kind of society throughout this period of our lives and so one thing that I really learned that has helped me now is to hold myself accountable and to be responsible because Mm -hmm. the order you got the more you had to be responsible for like knowing when you had rehearsal knowing what times you had to be there knowing like what costumes and where they are and how to keep up with them and all the pieces because some costumes had multiple pieces and also Mm -hmm. knowing like just what shows like what shade of like the makeup you're wearing, your hair, making sure you have stuff to slick back your hair, making Mm -hmm. sure you have stuff to clean up your makeup. So I feel like that really Mm -hmm. helped me with today because now I feel like I'm a very responsible person with like keeping up with my work or like keeping up with planning everything and knowing when I have to do something because of this experience and not saying that it's the only thing that shaped it, but it was a very big factor on like helping me mature and become responsible for myself 
and learning how to be accountable for my own actions and that there are consequences like when you don't complete those things on your own especially if it's up to you to do it Mm -hmm. um I guess I can talk about being responsible first I feel like I've always been like pretty mature um for my age but I remember like being in middle school and like packing up all my costumes and stuff I was up till maybe like 12 30 and I remember the next day um I had school and this one kid was complaining because they got home at 6 30 and they got in trouble for not doing their homework and I think it was at at that moment I was like dance is teaching me to be a little adult like (laughs) I was able to do my homework I packed all my stuff for this competition like I feel so good and just like mature and now right now I feel like my life is in shambles a little bit with the new year trying to like rebrand myself I have stuff everywhere but like um I feel like if it weren't for a dance I wouldn't be as like I don't think I'm type a really but when it comes to organizing stuff and prioritizing things I think I wouldn't be the person I am without dance you know what I'm saying yeah I think I'm type a with my life not with my room because my room is a mess but (laughs) (laughs) actually my room at my dorm room it's really clean right now but I know my room back at home is a mess because Mm -hmm. I just have so much stuff thrown in there that's not important right now but kind of (laughs) (laughs) I am I feel like it kind of made me the type a with with school and like with my life especially I started to see this habit in high school and I kind of realized it when I started like reading more and I realized I hate when people bend the pages of my book or bend the (laughs) Or if it's not this exact title or like if my notebooks don't correlate to my subject and they don't match my planner pins or like if I don't have all my work completed by a certain time or if I don't get it completed I'm gonna have consequences for myself not even someone yeah. else giving me those consequences consequences but I'm like Lexi really like come like on, you had now. all this time to do it and now you have to stay up late because you didn't get yeah. it done and I'm just like um. I could have done better but it's me <laughs> and that's kind of that habit has definitely gone down a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for holding myself accountable, I'm trying to get better with that. But specifically with dance, I kind of, you're kind of just kind of forced to do that because when you are doing pieces and like cleaning pieces, if you aren't holding yourself accountable to the things that we fixed last week, you're and everybody else in the piece is going to be mad at you. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't want people to be mad at me. So always trying to like be on top of what we worked on remembering corrections and just being accountable because number one you have to hold yourself accountable the older you get but number two realizing like we are going to get nothing done if no one holds themselves accountable and I don't that's just I don't know that's my biggest takeaway just like thinking about the team and remembering it's not all about you and if you're the only person that's holding yourself accountable you're going to be mad too so Yeah, Yeah. going off of that, that was one big thing was learning how to be held accountable with the team. Because if Mm -hmm. you were the only one who didn't remember corrections, or like, if you didn't remember the change in choreography, people had to take time to like, either teach you or to go over corrections. And we could have moved on if you just knew it already or like did it yourself. So another thing with that, um, that we had to do just because everyone, you know, going to school and stuff, if you aren't holding yourself accountable to look at a video that we took for you, that would always be bad too, because it's yeah. also dangerous. Like we're talking about this as like, it's just annoying, but this is also dangerous if 
you know, people aren't holding themselves accountable to be like, hey, I don't remember this correction. And then everyone else remembers it. And there's a lift or something and something goes wrong. So that's important. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing that we learned about ourselves was finding out our insecurities and like our strengths slash weaknesses and like always feeling in tune with our bodies. And I know Mm -hmm. for me, dance allowed me to understand my body better or like how, not how it functions, but basically how I'm me, you know, because not everyone Mm -hmm. is the same. So basically dance allowed me to discover who I truly am, not just like as a person, but like also physically. And I feel like that's been a really nice lesson for me because it allowed me to realize how I enjoy expressing myself to people or allows me to communicate better because dance has allowed me to come out of my shell a little bit, especially because Mm -hmm. performing on a stage in front of like 500 people is completely different than giving a presentation in class. So (laughs) it allows me to kind of reel in on the reality of the situations. And it's like, if you can perform in front of all those people, you can do this. Like you got, it's not that bad, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Touching on being in tune with my body. That's something I'll realize, like I'll be stretching a little bit like now. And I'm like, wait a minute. I completely forgot. I know how to engage this muscle. I completely forgot. I know how to do this or that. And that's something with dance. Um, For the most part, everything's pretty like fast paced. So like everything kind of becomes muscle memory. And what if you're doing it every day, you don't realize how that shapes your body. Like, I don't know really to, ex- to describe it, but I don't know, like <laughs> not only muscle memory, but also just like that release you know like you know after you dance a little bit and you're like oh my gosh that was so good you like release endorphins or something stuff like that I learned like how important it is number one to get a little bit of movement every day but number two to just like listen to your body and do what makes do what feels the best for your body yeah um so that's all we have for today's episode guys and Mm -hmm. it was a long one Yeah, we really hope you enjoyed listening to just us reminisce on our competitive lives and how we learn from it. And like we said multiple times, we're not bashing. (laughs) We're not bashing our studio where we came from because we are very grateful and we love the experiences we've had. We were just reflecting and Mm -hmm. make sure you're following the podcast, the podcast Instagram and both of our personal accounts and also stay updated on the podcast link tree for new episodes. Mm-hmm. make sure you and- check out the make sure you check out the podcast <laughs> youtube and podcast tiktok it's all in the link tree yes and please go subscribe to our youtube channel and stay updated on videos that are posted on there and we will see you next time you guys <laughs> bye